There it is. We are live. Well, not live for you guys listening, live for us recording right now. It's NBA playoff time. You know I had to bring in the big dog. I had to bring in our resident hoops expert on three walls in the BLP. So happy to have back on the show. The other half of the University of Dayton intramural basketball splash brothers, Tyler Starkey. Ty, what's up? Glad to be back, dude. I don't know that I'd call myself an expert. I would say I definitely watch too much TV, but I'm stoked to talk hoops with you. That's better that's, than over sex. That's all it takes to be an expert for three walls in a BLP. If you watch a lot of something, you're an expert. So we're good. But let's get right into it. Uh, I We don't usually start the podcast with breaking news, but I have some breaking news that we have to start with here. LeBron James is going to be starring as himself in the movie adaptation of the fourth quarter of last night's game where he got poked in the eye and made the most heroic athletic achievement by shooting a three-pointer while he couldn't really see. So, initial thoughts on that, Star. The most whack LeBron-centric statement of all time. Like, hey, let's just continue to build a narrative around myself. I could see three hoops. Let it it fly to the middle one. Oh, my God. It's – it, so my so we start the podcast with like a question to get things going here. So my question is: Has LeBron become the most exhausting athlete in the sports world? Like is I can't just, stand him. Yeah, it, it there it's consistently his narrative for himself is just turned on to twelve. It's it's unreal. You just don't have to do it, man. Just I mean, you're good enough. Everything else, everybody will write it for you. You don't have to consistently feed into it. No, and it's it's the last year he was like, oh yeah, I love the play-in tournament. This year, because his team's in the play-in tournament, he's like, oh, I hate it. Someone needs to get fired. Now they're in it. He they, they look like shit. He didn't play very well, and he got poked in the eye. That was the end of the world. So like now he's like, oh, I couldn't see. So we we're lucky to move on. And now you know, play into the finals. Like up, oh, like. In four weeks, he's going to be getting – this was LeBron's toughest path to the finals of all time. He's been carrying him on the high ankle sprain since the play-in. Most impressive feat ever happened. It's coming, dude. Yeah. Get ready. Uh, well, it, it already started because on Get Up today, it was Charles Barkley and Stephen A. Smith. And Chuck was like, if he gets to the finals and wins it this year, then we have to have the conversation. And Stephen A. Smith was like, uh, excuse me? Going through this Western Conference, this garbage ass Western Conference. Yeah. So it's it, I, 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 it's propaganda. That I can't take it any longer. It's so bad. It's so bad, and it sucks because he is one of the greatest players in NBA history. Like top two, arguably. I mean, that was a phenomenal shot. I don't think you have to build into the legend of it by just talking about how you can see the rim. No, you you just have to say, oh, I'm a career twenty eight percent three point shooter, or something like that. I got lucky, you know, like that's good enough. I'm good there. I'm stopped there. It's a great shot. You don't all, have to do all you need to do instead of feeding into the, I couldn't see my, I mean like granted, get me wrong. His eye was puffy. Yeah. Right. It would have been cooler if he just would have like taken a shot at Kyrie for saying that, you know, he only trusts KD for the, you know, have a teammate to make a last second shot. The game yeah. on the line. Yeah. Like, that's all. I mean, that would have been way cooler. Like let's start some shit. Let's not fucking build ourselves up here on hype beast. Yeah, and it's it's his Instagram post where he congratulates himself on his accomplishments, and I'm just like, oh, dude, going out going out to parties with Drake and Michael B. Jordan the night before a game, like wow. that's kind of tight. 
It's tight. Yeah, it's tight. <laughs> but like that was a built-in excuse for him if he didn't play well and they lost. It'd be like, oh, like I wasn't focused. Okay. Uh, Michael B. Jordan, world's hottest man, right? God, gotta be. Gotta Pretty be. sure. I think he was voted sexiest man alive. Yeah, and if he wasn't, he should have been because just wow, good, just a great looking individual. But all right, let's get off LeBron for a little bit. We started texting yesterday about some about the playing tournament and thoughts, and I got a little ahead of myself in our text. You you texted me back and you said, "Do you want me to save it or do you want me to go into it?" I said, "Save it for the pod." So Stark. Talk to me about the play-in tournament. Your thoughts on it, how you fix it, what what just go. I want, for sure. I, well, what I was going to say at that time got ruined because I actually legitimately thought Golden State was going to win the game. Same. Right? And if Golden State had won, I think there was a chance Phoenix was going to go to the finals. I think they get beat now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I thought – Chris Paul could engineer some magic and get over the hump for once. Um, kind of dis- actually kind of disappointed. Yeah. So no, I mean LeBron versus Phoenix. Now I think regardless, you know they're going to come out with the experience, and I can't bet against LeBron in this situation. That's kind of a, a cakewalk of a first round for him. He's never lost a first round matchup. He's not going to stop now. No. Um, I do think Golden State ends up winning. Moving on to play Utah, but I think Utah just demolishes them. Yeah, that's that's a tough. So like, and and I'm not sold on either Utah or Phoenix. I don't think they're the top. I think they're maybe three, four as like the best teams in the West. So like, I would obviously take still take the Lakers and the Clippers over them, and then file in Utah and Phoenix there. But it is kind of interesting that like there's not they're the top two seeds, but they're kind of viewed as like gettable. And yep. but the drop off it like between teams maybe wanting to play Phoenix and Utah is substantial. And like and I don't remember a situation where like the top two teams are like people are saying like I want to play them like we can beat them in a seven game series. It's not like they're unbeatable. And I think that might just chalk up to like this year being so crazy. But mm-hmm. like, can you remember a situation like where these top two teams are like, yeah, I want them. Why not? It's been so long since I just felt like there's been a, a wide open race for the ship. Um, I'm I'm here for it though. I mean, it's it's kind of the parody that you want in sports, and so I'm glad to, the you know the Golden State runs over. Now we kind of have that wide open field. Um, Phoenix would have been a cool team. I I, I mean. I don't think they beat the Lakers, but you know, in that in that scenario, if they they play Golden State, they get through one of then Denver versus Portland, and you're kind of sitting to play, you know, between the Lakers and the Clippers, whoever beats each other up. Yeah, and I think that would have been you know nice to see. Uh, but now, as far as you know, one and two being pretty gettable, uh, yeah, I mean, I think there's definitely holes on each team that you're 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 not sure they haven't proven themselves to this point to. They're kind of, I don't want to say like new to the field, right? Because obviously there's players that are and players that aren't. Yeah. But, uh, you know, who can perform on the highest stage? We haven't really seen that yet um, on on that kind of level in the Western Conference Finals. So it's definitely going to be interesting. Um, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, and I think a big part of like it being wide open is the – especially in the West because the West has always typically been like the dominant conference, but like they had that one team that like, you know, Spurs, Lakers, Golden State, 
whoever. But like them not having a dominant team with like a superstar leader. So like the Lakers being down, the Golden Golden State being down, the Clippers being kind of middle of the road, but still good. So like you're looking at the seating and you're seeing the Lakers down at seven and you're like, what the hell is going on here? This is completely wide open. So I think that definitely attributes to the fact that it's wide open and anybody can beat anybody on any given night. But I you're I'm with you. I just I don't see Phoenix being able to win four games against this Lakers team. They just you know, Chris Paul will show up. Devin Booker is a certified bucket, but he hasn't done it in the playoffs, so can't really count on him. And just the rest of the team is so young and inexperienced in this situation. So it's it's tough. It's it's the biggest loser last night was Phoenix, without a doubt. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm excited to see, like, Bridges and Aiden in the playoffs, right? Yeah. My thing, I guess just as from a matchup standpoint, seeing AD probably going against Aiden, if AD is going to pull that out. And I think, you know, in the chess match, match between, you know, Chris Paul and LeBron's minds, um, you just think that with a better a better two, essentially, that's been through the ringer, kind of knows how to play, um, that the Lakers going to pull that out. I do think it could go seven. Which I think would be great, obviously, um, but in, in just in that scenario, I I just can't see LeBron losing. Yeah, and I think that comes back to the stat that you said that he's never lost a first round series. He he loses. I think more often than not, they lo- he loses like the first game in a first round series. That's pretty like if you want to take a bet, it's usually a bet against LeBron game one of round one because that's his feel out game. Like I'm going to see what's going on here and shit like that. But I'm going to go. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to be the case this year because he kind of had that feel-out game against Golden State, and he saw, like, shit, I can't – we can't, like, sleepwalk our way through this because they do that two and, games in a row. Got problems. But the thing – I mean, even in even in against the Warriors, like, Steph was on one. All he had to do was play a tough second half, and, and he was cruising through. Yeah. It, it's It sucks. I hate watching LeBron do it. I mean, like I love it, but at the same time, it's so frustrating. It's it's tough. It's not it's not fun. But and this is the first time a seven seed has been favored over the two seed in since I don't even like since they started counting that and like betting. Is that the betting line? Yeah, yeah. It's it's Lakers minus one twenty five. Oh, I'm sorry, Lakers minus one sixty seven. Phoenix plus one thirty to win the series. So. Gotcha. Tight, but still, it's pretty substantial as a seven seed to be favored. But, but yeah, as far and then going kind of to up to Utah, um, right, getting to play either Memphis or Golden State. But I mean, I, I think that'll be Golden State with the way that that Steph's been playing. Um, I think they get through the first round. Um, I mean, they did play super well all year. I guess just when I when I think of potential second round matchups, if that ends up being, let's say, the Clippers, I have a tough time um, thinking that you can, you know, win a game without a, you know, a top tier three wing. Um, yeah. Right, and the Clippers got two of them, and I think it's just kind of a wing league. And I, I think in seven games, that's that's definitely a series that's losable for for the Jazz, and so. It's, you know that's kind of what also you know makes them so so vulnerable as the one and two seeds not having that that top tier wing and kind of just how things are are focused in the league and so um, 
you know, I think that, I think it'll be fun. I think it's just going to be, you know, a couple chess matches and I'd love to see uh, Mitchell go on a heater again, though, this playoffs. Yeah. I th- I, the biggest uh, robbery is that Jamal Murray is not going to be able to follow up his heater from last year. Like that, oh. that just sucks. And I and think, that, no, go ahead. Go ahead. I, I was going to say, I, I, I think if Jamal's there, I mean, I think I'd probably take him over the Lakers. Um, yeah. I agree. Just because it is, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think Schroeder looked good last night. I don't, I mean, Caruso plays good defense, but Jamal's going to get his. So, um, yeah, but now, you know, you question, can Denver get out of the first round? Um, you know, if Dame gets hot, so it'll be interesting. Yeah, that's actually where I was going to go next. That Denver-Portland series is super interesting to me because Portland is that team that, like, you don't really want to pick them to win a series or you don't pick them to beat, like, the higher-seeded teams. But when they do do it, you're just like, that makes sense. So, yeah. and I think this matchup with them is perfect with Denver because they don't have Murray. So, Dame and CJ can get hot, and I'm not counting on – you know, Jokic to be able to score 40 a night. I'm not counting on anybody else in that Denver backcourt to stop them or keep pace with them. So I think, and it's even money right now, so it's it's just a pick them for that series, but I would 1,000% lean Portland over Denver in that series. Yeah, to be honest, I guess if we're we're making a bracket here, right? Yeah. Um, You know, starting with the two games we've talked about right now, I'd, I'd go, I'd take Lakers. I take the Jazz to move on. I think I would take Portland. I, I just Dame's been that guy again and again, especially when it comes to uh, to the playoff time. And I mean, don't get me wrong. I think Denver's a, it's a hell of a team, right? I, I think they're good with Aaron Gordon. I think you know Michael Porter Jr. stepped up, Jokic. Um, but there's just something about some Dame magic, and it's Dame time. And I think they move on to the second round. If I if I was going to take my my next leap. Yeah, and going back to that point of that, like having a top tier wing, Portland doesn't have a top tier wing, but they have bodies on the wing that they can just throw at you. So, like you know, Melo can still get his; he's not going to be anything on defense. But they can throw Simons out there. They can throw, um, fuck, who's their other? They have Covington. Covington. They have some space from the Heat. I mean, they have they have some warm bodies, yeah. right? It's it's not going to win you a championship, but it's enough to potentially get you through the first round. And and if Dame gets hot. Um, you know, I think that's something they can do in this series where it's kind of a, a decent matchup for them. Like, I don't think anyone's going to stop Jokic, but um, yeah. I don't think you're obviously, you know, running for the hills playing against Michael Porter Jr. and Gordon. Um, so I think that's kind of you can weather the storm a little bit for, from two guys who, you know, don't have a ton of deep playoff experience. I think, you know, that's a series you can win with, with Dame and Dame alone. Yeah, and Porter's one of those guys who can fill it up quick, but he's not a he hasn't done it on a consistent basis. So I'm not going to count on him to get me 20 every night yet. So like you can get away with you know Covington checking him, and Covington's one of the best defensive wings in the in the league has been for so long. So it's I mean Nurk, Jokic is going to get his against Nurkic because Nurkic is a fucking liability on defense. Like it's it's sad, yeah. but he he's also going to get his on offense. So that's that's definitely I think that's probably the most tightly contested series like going back and forth game to game in that in that western first round do you do you kind of see that too or do you lean somewhere else with that one no i think that'll be you know the one that go the furthest as far as series wise yeah yeah i wouldn't be surprised if that one went six seven 
Um, and then, I mean, the one we haven't talked about, Dallas the Cl- Dallas and Clippers. Is there anything that Dallas can do to win this besides Luka Magic? I, I, I just, That's another team where I just don't feel like it's uh, I, like really going to be there for them. I, I don't know. Right? Like, I don't think – you know, like, nothing about the Clippers is like, been like, we're the best team all year, right? But, I mean – what does Dallas have that's playing at that that kind of level that can get you past the Clippers at this stage when they when it is playoff time and you do have, you know, playoff Ty Lu coaching you know, who just like schematically in in everything is is built for a playoff series as well. He's just there to to out coach people and he, he did it time and time again for the Cavs. Um, I I think that's a that's a I'd easily put that one in Sharpie. And I would love to eat my words, but I, I think it's uh, that was pretty much over. <laughs> yeah, and I and I think the team with the most pressure in the playoffs, both East and West, well, maybe not both East, but in the Western Conference, it's got to be the Clippers because if they don't get to the finals and either win or be competitive, they've got some serious looking in the mirror to do because obviously the if they don't get it done, the experiment of Kawhi and PG didn't work. The switching of coaching didn't work. Ownership is just going to spend money to win, and they've done that. And I think Kawhi's deal is up after this year, right? He might have an option. Okay. Um, I'm trying to think. But, yeah, I mean, they've thrown a shit ton of money at Morris. They've thrown a shit ton of money at Kennard. Um, but I, I think, to be honest, I think if Dallas loses, that's somebody that's going to look themselves in the mirror pretty long and hard as far as is Porzingis really a fit with Luka and is this a good matchup and, you know, what can we do to actually maximize Luka's skill set? Not that Luka's a guy that's going to put the pressure on an organization right now. doesn't yeah. seem like he's got that personality. Um, but that's a team that's definitely going to have to figure out, you know, we have a chance to compete with these with these big dogs and, you know, how do we got to get to the point from, you know, A to B to, to compete at, you know, further down the line. So yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't foresee a huge amount of trouble for, for the Clippers this year against them. And so that's, that's one I'm easily moving on to the second round. You know, I, I'd have them play in Utah. Um, and even that, that's, I feel like it's a good matchup for them as well. Yeah. Cause I mean, as much as I love Joe Ingles and Bogdan, Bogdan by Don, is it no Bojan Bogdanovich, they can't check Kawhi and PG. Yeah. For seven games, they can't. Uh, yeah, and, and and right, and obviously, you know, if Donovan's healthy, right, like he's he's going to go off on whoever. But I don't think you're you're scared of of those two. Really, can give you thirty a night. I don't think you're really scared of Rudy Gobert. I actually think Zubac is like pretty underrated. Yeah, I agree. And they got Ibaka. Like I think they have bodies that they can kind of you know pull things together and take away you know Utah's best best. Um, you know, strategies, I guess it's called. But yeah, that's that's a good matchup for them as well. I think it's just coming from the wings and kind of putting them, you know, potentially to move forward in, in however many games it takes. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely would lean Clippers over Utah just because Donovan's going to get his if he's hot, but also they're going to put Kawhi or PG on him, and those are two of the top – four defenders in the league. So I would assume that they would be able to limit his damage at least to maybe 24 a night, maybe 25. And that's funny that I'm saying at least because that's fucking astronomical, but yeah, that's, that's still heating up. But so you're, you're putting, you're saying, okay, you're going to get your 25. Where's the rest of the points going to come from? Cause 
Mike Conley, as good as as solid as he is, and as like well respected as he is in the NBA, I'm not gonna I'm not counting on him in 2021 to give me 20 in a playoff series. Go yeah, you're not, he's not gonna be the deciding fact. I mean, you know, is that why they trade for him? For sure. Yeah, but you're not as worried about that being like. This Mike Conley guy, you know, is going to put us over the edge. Yeah, it's also like you're also not saying, oh, Royce O'Neal is going to go get me 18 tonight. You're also yeah, like, but Bogdanovich can probably get you 18 tonight. But so you're getting 18 a night and 25 a night. Gobert is very good defensively, pretty challenged offensively. If he's not at like the block and like with a wide open lane, I'm not. He's nothing to write home about. And that's also the just the Philly Philly in me that I'm hating on him because he's soft. But we'll get to that in a, in a later segment. But um, but yeah, I I think you lean Clippers in that one. And circling back to Dallas, what you were saying about with KP and Luca working, I think that experiment is over. Regardless, unless they win the championship, I don't see them coming back as currently constructed. I can't see you willing to risk another year with KP not being able to play. 50% of the games because he's, yeah. he's so talented, but he's so brittle, so frail. And you just like, that's, and that's the thing that w- was the biggest knocking point with Embiid. So like, it's like, how, how long can you wait before he finally decides it shows his durability or he's just damaged goods. And I, th- I think if you're Dallas, you got to pull up, make a move, trade him, get, get whatever you can for him because Luca is special, and you have to maximize that while you can. And he's eating up thirty-four million dollars worth of cap, and you know, if you can't be out there, it's not. It's not. You know, he's not obviously to the extent that Kevin Love's not out there. But you know, from a standpoint, when you're trying to compete for a championship and you're paying somebody thirty-four mil, you want him to be out there. You want him to give you thirty-five minutes a game, and, and you hope he's as effective as he can be. And it seems like, I mean, the Mavs play real slow. Um, I, I'm, it's not like Porzingis is banging in the, in the post or anything. So I, you just kind of need somebody that's going to be a little bit more there, a little bit more present and, yeah. you know, kind of make his impact felt. And so it, it might not work out, but you know, that's obviously for, for the off season to kind of decide which route they go smarter, smarter men than I will make that decision. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. Sometimes these GMs make some pretty stupid ass decisions, but yeah, whatever. Um, Keeping it in the West, I guess we can beat this horse to death. If it comes down to a Portland Lakers series, I mean, we kind of saw that play out last year, but that was a different. Like Dame was hurt. I don't think Nurkic was playing. Uh, he played like a couple games. Yeah, he, he got hurt last year. Yeah, I don't know if he was ever really back to himself. I would, I would take the Lakers to the yeah, semis then, at that point. Tough to- It'd be tough to pick against LeBron in anything but like the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers or the NBA Finals. At least as unless they just come out and are complete stinkers in these next couple of games against Phoenix, like they were last night, and he just doesn't look like himself. I you still have to count on LeBron to get his. Like it's 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 just what it is. It sucks as like fans of any other NBA team, but like you know he's gonna he's gonna do what he does. Yeah, he's gonna carry around Malcolm X at the same page as the last seven years, and he's gonna go zero dark 30, 23, whatever, and just do his thing and get to the conference finals and go from there. He's a he's a basketball savant, and uh, yeah, I mean, I think this 
for both, you know, the Lakers and the Clippers, I think these these brackets kind of work out favorably for them and what their strengths are. And um, all right, obviously the Clippers did a little bit of you know tinkering at the end to get to this side of the bracket, but you know it's gamesmanship and, and you kind of got to put yourself in the best position. So I I think uh, I think that will be the East, or the Western Conference Finals matchup. Um, but I think that would be a you know a hell of a series, and so that would be something I would definitely look forward to watching. Yeah, I think I mean that's what everybody wants to see. Like since this, since LeBron came to LA, and since Kawhi and PG went to the Clippers, like that's the matchup that we've been promised. Like those are the two best teams in the West that they're going to go head to te- head to head for the next few years. So like that's what you want. But my only concern with like that series happening and living up to the hype is. You still, you've still got LeBron, AD, and Schroeder is very banged up, and I don't see them getting any healthier in a playoff in a couple of rounds of playoffs. So mm-hmm. it's not like you're going to get like the best versions of each of these teams. I mean, you'll probably get a better version of the Clippers because of their load management, their bracket breakdowns because of who they'll play if they do advance. So they might be a little bit more fresh and rested. But I'm also not going to take anything away from an injured LeBron because he's still LeBron. He still does take care of himself so well. He's been injured twice in his year, in his career. So it's like, this is an anomaly. He's still still going to do his thing. So I think that is the matchup, but that is kind of my worry. So like if they start, if LeBron's like, he tweaks that ankle again or rolls it or something like that, or AD's hamstring starts acting up, then it might be a quick in and out type of series if, with the Clippers if the Clippers show up. So yeah, yeah, I think that's. I mean, right? There's a bunch of ifs, but those are a lot of high level ifs considering you know the way the things have gone for the Lakers just this year health wise. Um, and that's obviously the biggest question mark is to can they win a championship? It's can they stay healthy? Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously time will tell. But you know, I, I definitely look forward to that matchup if they get there and you know everybody's you know on two legs. So. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, let's pivot to the East. I don't want to get a finals prediction yet. We, I want to talk about all the, the breakdowns and everything like that. So let's talk East. And let's talk – I mean, this is probably – okay, so first let's go through the playing game tonight. It's Pacers-Wizards, right? Yeah. Yes. I mean, who do you, who do you see moving on? I, I, It's a toss-up. Whoever gets there, I don't know if they beat Philly. And that's Yeah, like, I, don't, I don't think whoever – like is is Lavert in or out? I guess he's probably still in protocol. Yeah, he's out ten to fourteen days. So yeah, so I guess I'll take the Wizards. Not that they really blew me away with their performance, and Brad Bill's got a bad hammy, and I don't know. I I, I would probably take the Wizards to make it to that game. Um, you know, play Philly, and at that point, I I do think that Philly would probably just stomp on them. Yeah, and my thing with this one is the Pacers had like a once-in-a-lifetime game against Charlotte where they just shot lights out, put up 144 points. I I can guarantee that's not happening again tonight. I can guarantee yeah. they're not putting up 140 again. With uh, like two of their, you know, five starting five in for the game? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, don't, I don't think it happens again, unfortunately. So. So. All right, so we both. I think, think- I think Russell probably Russell probably do as much as he can. You'll probably see a great game from Russ, giving you another triple double per usual, and he'll get you to the that first round playoff matchup with Philly. I just without Brad Beal being at a hundred percent, being down, um, you know, Denny Abia is hurt. You know, they've been kind of banged up all year. I don't, I don't know that they have you know the size and the wings to 
to continue to go with Philly, and and I think that probably that series probably ends there. Yeah, Russ will get his thirty. He'll get a triple double. He'll shoot the ball twenty two times, and they'll they'll win tonight. But then again, I I don't see them competing with Philly. I mean, they might get a game or two with Philly, but I don't see them winning four. But I think Philly's played pretty well this year, but I, I just don't think they have any. You know, Washington doesn't really have any bodies to throw at um, Simmons, and I guess you could say, you know, Tobias, and you know, you know, they've looked better at center now with uh, what's his face coming over from the Bulls. But I mean, Embiid's Embiid. Who are you really going to stop him with? So, yeah, I think that one's for me. You can you can move him forward in the bracket. Yeah, I think I think Philly is a pretty much a guarantee in that one uh, to move on to the second round. Um, let's talk about like the probably the story of the year that like doesn't get enough credit. Let's talk Knicks Hawks. Um like what did you think that so Thibodeau comes over to the Knicks, you know there's gonna be a jump in play, but did you expect it to be that elevated so quickly? Because I no. for sure did not. No, I mean like Julius Randle like arguably could have won an MVP this year. Yeah. Like that's how we played and I wouldn't expect it. They were they were garbage last year. Um, and to be honest, from like an atmosphere standpoint, I'd love to see the Knicks move forward. Oh my god. It'd be I so think great. Be amazing. It'd be so great because I and we're we're relatively young, so like we never saw the Knicks as the Knicks, really. Like with Ewing and Mark Jackson and like you know, the nineties Knicks. So like to see Madison Square Garden in like a good playoff series in the second round against a good team, I think it would break out to be the Philly if the Knicks win. Yeah. Um that would be fucking unreal for basketball as a whole. Cuz you get uh, good games in the Mecca for yep. once. Fans are allowed back in now, so that's amazing. Atlantic Division rivals, Philly versus New York. Like that's awesome. Yeah, I think that, I think that would be a great series. I mean, I I think I think the Hawks probably put up a pretty good fight, right? I mean, the Hawks have a good roster. They're you know they have a couple guys banged up. Um, I don't know. I think it's just the I Knicks think that, that's a toss up. That series is a toss up. For it real. is a toss up, right? You, I mean, obviously Trey Young's going to show up. Um, Do you think there, he does? Because I mean. So he can get a bucket whenever he wants, but I had he hasn't been that like dominant scorer that consistently this series this season. Like I mean, like he's probably I think he's averaging like what twenty three a night, maybe something like that. But like it's not like he's exploding for like these thirty point games consistently or like these forty point nights. So like I know he can get a bucket when he wants, but he hasn't done it in the playoffs. Granted, the Knicks haven't either. But it's like I'm I'm not willing to bet that he's going to show up and ball out just yet. I think he's, I mean, and obviously he was always kind of a good distributor, right? Cause he had the ball in his hands so much. Yeah. Um, right. Since they had all that kind of hoopla at the beginning of the year about him, not, you know, you know, being too focused to the center of the offense. Um, you know, these change coaches. I, I think he can't, I think he has been playing more of that, you know, kind of that manipulating the, the offense role and, and kind of being that distributor and get people going. Um, so I think he's, I mean, I think he's played well this year. I, I think they could, right. Just match up wise, like who's really going to stop him, um, in the series. And I think he could get going. Um, but I kind of just, I kind of just in my heart want to see the Knicks just keep rolling. Yeah. So I should take this back. He did average 25 and nine this year. So that's a very good season, but 
I, I will stick by my take that he hasn't had those like explosive offensive nights. And that might be because the Hawks are a better all around team this year. I mean, they're certainly deeper. Yes. Which, which if, and, and I'm not, I'm not making that a slight for Trey young. If the Hawks, the Hawks are a better team. So it's not like it's a bad thing that he's not exploding for these offensive performances and 35, 40, whatever. But I feel like in like with a young team like this, against another young team in the Knicks that just doesn't have a lot of playoff experiences, you kind of need that one guy to just be like, okay, I'm going to get mine. I'm going to try and get you guys yours and just kind of go from there. And just based off this year, I'm not willing to say that's Trey Young. I'd be more willing to say it's Julius Randle saying, like, give me the ball 40 times a night. I'm going to take 30 shots, and we're going to live with it. Yeah. No, and and I think he – Right, I could see, I could see both taking over a series. I could take see, you know, I mean, they they are deep. They got, you know, you got you got points coming off the bench with Lou Will. You got Gallo. You have, you know, I think Hunter's still hurt. Um, you know, Capella's played well this year. Like the Hawks, I mean, like they're they're certainly deep. They're a good team. They play well together. Um, so I think it. I think you know, there's a lot of reason to argue that the Hawks could move forward. Um, yeah. I just I'm going to choose to believe that Julius Randle is going to put the team on his back, and you know at least win them to a first round win. And I think basketball in New York would be booming then. Yeah, the Hawks are actually favored to win the series right now, minus one twenty one. Knicks at plus one hundred. So basically, pick them. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick with my heart on that one, and I'm gonna go Knicks just because it the the, the storyline would be so awesome. Like basketball in New York needs to be a big thing and granted Brooklyn's there but like I don't think they've really bought like New York hasn't bought into the Nets really which is fine but it's it's different when the Knicks are good versus the Nets being good and I'll leave it at that because that just that says everything I think um let's move to let's move Boston Brooklyn I mean yeah, I, I, you're taking Brooklyn, and you can you can move that forward and not think twice about it. Yeah, unless Tatum is averaging forty a night, it's going to be Brooklyn. Yeah, it doesn't matter. But let's stay on Boston's not that. I mean, not that healthy, right? Like Kemba is not Kemba anymore. I mean, you got Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown's out. Uh, I mean, nobody's worried about Tristan Thompson or you know any of their bigs. Robert Williams, uh, I think you can, you know. All their backup wings, Langford, you're not worried about it. Um, I think Boston's pretty much cooked in that one. Brooklyn Brooklyn looked great against, you know, at the end of the year, seeing guys get back healthy. They played well together as, you know, kind of that that three man, you know, the big three. And yeah. so I think that's that's for sure. They'll work out some kinks as far as the future rounds go. But uh I mean, they're going to have a tough second round matchup depending on who comes out of this next game we'll talk about. But I think Brooklyn, you can just pencil that in. Yeah, so I, I agree. I think Brooklyn wins probably in a sweep, maybe a gentleman sweep if Boston, if Tatum has one of those nights. But I over under for Boston wins has to be at minus at 0.5 and I might take the under in that one. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I want to focus on Brooklyn for a bit with this one because the whole talk has been – the big three hasn't played together. They played eight games. It's like, and I, I, to me, I get it. Like, I get that that's a big thing that like the team as constructed that you want hasn't played that many minutes together. So you're not just talking about 
Kawhi, or Kyrie, KD, and James Harden playing together. You're talking about them playing with Joe Harris and DeAndre or Blake. And like so that that whole team from one to fifteen hasn't played solid minutes all season. But, but like also it's it's but they've also played USA basketball together. And yes. I don't Yes, yeah, so it my, doesn't really matter. Yeah, so that's my point. It's like it's also it's KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. So it's like you're not really worried about that. No, the thing that worries me with them is their defense, and like it's gotten better, but I don't know if their defense is good. Like they're gonna get theirs, but I don't. I think I, I think they'll all show up in a playoff series enough to win, right? Kyrie always plays just enough defense to win. Yeah. Harden's going to play just enough defense to win. You know, Durant actually plays good defense, but, you know, I, I I think they're, as they move forward, that's obviously going to be a bigger talking piece, but not in the first round. Yeah, I don't think they have anything to worry about first round besides getting, like, motion together and feeling things out and getting comfortable. Um, I think as the series, like the playoffs go on, there's more things to talk about with them, but we'll get to that as we talk about the next round. So let's talk Bucks heat Take the lead, buddies. Yeah. If you – I mean, I don't think anybody in Miami is going to come out and say this or anybody in the Heat organization is going to come out and say this, but this is the matchup they wanted. Like, they wanted this. Like, they probably felt best – I mean, they probably also would have taken playing Philly in the first round just because I think they're tougher and I think – I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy. I so. love Jimmy. Did you see that picture that came out today where he just looked shredded to the bone? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I love Jimmy. Ridiculous. Jimmy, I feel I feel about Jimmy like I feel about LeBron. Like I have a really hard time betting against him. And right in Milwaukee is definitely playoff wise better suited for the playoffs than they have been the past two years. Yeah. God, do I have a tough time betting against Jimmy? He hasn't played against the Bucks all year. You know he's chomping at the bits. I love Bam on on uh, Giannis. This is this is the same thing I said last year. I think I take the heat, right? I mean, just for for entertainment's sake, but as as well as like the Heat are tough. They're, they're a tough matchup. Yeah, and I will I will give you credit. You came on our bubble preview pod and you picked the Heat to win the East before I heard anybody else say it. So credit where it's due there. But again, it's it's also like Milwaukee is built better this year than they have been in the past. Hundred percent. But I don't think there's another team, like I said, outside of the Clippers maybe, that has more pressure to win a championship this year than Milwaukee. And I think it's even heightened by the fact that Giannis signed his Supermax. I think if he didn't sign that Supermax before the season and they had like an early playoff ousting again, then it's just like you talked about, like, oh, he's definitely gone. But like if they go out in the first two rounds again this year and he's locked in for six more years here, you've got Drew Holiday who's still very good but getting older for another four years on very big cap numbers. Chris Middleton's on a big cap number. You're hitting the panic button real hard in Milwaukee if they don't go deep and win a championship this year. So I I think as far as – I don't know what they can do roster-wise to kind of move guys around. Um, yeah, they're kind of stuck. Like they don't have a lot of wiggle room. That's what I'm saying. So like, it's not yeah. like you can offload one of those contracts. The one that you probably could is maybe Middleton, but I don't know if he's the one you want to offload. I think he's yeah. outside of Giannis, the one you want to keep. So yeah, I mean, he seems the past couple of years he's been the guy that shows up 
and has really been their go-to scorer, right? Yeah. Especially in the crunch time when you got to put the ball in somebody's hands. Um, I think the guy that would go would be Bud, and, and like Coach probably just gets fired, and, and that's kind of, you know, we got to bring something in and reinvent ourselves, right? But I, and it's not even that the, I think the Bucks are bad. I think the Bucks are a really good team. I just think the Heat are a tough, tough matchup for them. Um, and I think that, yeah, I think you're right. I think that's something that the Heat are probably chomping at the bits. You know Jimmy lives for this. Jimmy's Jimmy's probably going abstinent right now. He's probably not talking to his family or friends. He's not getting a haircut for three months. Jimmy lives for this shit, and I love Jimmy for it. So yeah. who's, who's he dating? He's dating Selena Gomez, right? That's the thing. I think somebody like that. So like, so he's so she is. He's he talked to her last night. He's like, okay, I'll see you in four, in four months after I won a championship. Yeah, we'll talk later. Like yeah. I'm, I'm busy. Yeah, and you'd be like, what? And it'd be like, he'll be just like phone turned off in the gym again looking shredded he's actually a zero dark 30 22 because he actually will turn his phone off and not talk to anybody whereas lebron will do it but he'll post on instagram and like do all that shit so like he is the legit dude that is shutting out all distractions not gonna talk to anybody but his teammates and just ball he's a psychopath yeah with that, I, do think, I do think i mean the oladipo injury hurts them i i don't know but but like also doesn't really because yeah but, I was gonna say, but like he he's not he's not who Oladipo used to be no. you know he hasn't since, been for a while which sucks because he was so exciting that first year with the Pacers oh so, I mean that was a great matchup against the Cavs I mean he was I mean there was an arguable like an arguable chance that they were gonna lose that game I yeah. don't know if that's the word but yeah. um yeah no I, I I think even you know even so Jimmy at the helm. You got a chance, um, and and I think he loves the the Bucks matchup, and that's probably someone that I I think for my sake I, I think I move him over to round two and play Brooklyn. Yeah, I f- I for sure would pick the the Heat in this series, and you know I'm like I've been notoriously like anti Bucks just because I at some point you have to just show up and win it like, and they haven't done that. They've been so good for so long with. The same team, they granted they tinkered with it this year, got more shooting and whatnot, but they took a step back in the stand, like a significant step back in the standings with this new team and new whatever. Because and it's a weird year, so like that. Part of it's, right, obviously, part of it's like them pacing themselves for the playoff push and trying to be that playoff team as opposed to the regular season team. Like you don't want to be the Hawks of 2016, right? But another another coach bud team. But that's right, right there. So it's like and I think part of it just still comes down to like, don't get me wrong, Giannis is phenomenal. Um, start of it still comes down to you can't pull up from thirty, right? Like it matters at some point. Yeah. Um and, and so I don't know if that's gonna be what, what it takes for them to move forward, but um I just think this is a, a Jimmy matchup and a Jimmy matchup goes a long way as you've you've seen with you know philly as you've seen with the heat you know he's almost willed things with the bulls like it yeah jimmy's a scrub ass minnesota team to the playoffs just barely um yeah i i think jimmy locks down middleton i think bam is one of the best people in the nba to guard Giannis. Mm -hmm. um and i mean granted i think ben simmons is defensive player of the year but i think bam is probably two over Gobert and Draymond, I'm so sick of the uh, the Gobert at the top of the defensive player of the year shit. Like, yeah, you He's don't move. You stand at you stand at the rim and you block shots. That's it. That's all you do. You, you're not guarding anybody. You all you have to do is throw on the tape of uh, who the Devin Booker cross up 
and you see why he's not defensive player of the year because when he tries he looks to like switch, a ton maker in high school half the time just blocking little kids because he's just standing there being tall yeah. it, yes and bam bam like ben can switch one through five and guard anybody and hold their own and do that consistently so like i think he is the perfect matchup for Giannis because he's a little bit smaller like height wise but big quick smart and i mean he's gone to the jimmy butler school of defense for the past two years so and, and while like obviously holiday's great right and like that's he's not like a, got a great guard matchup you know is anyone that's gonna shut him down or you know change a series against yeah. him they're still like they got guards by committee and they're still tough. I mean, like Drogic's still good. Like I'm not a nun guy, but he'll give you some points. Like, you know, depends yeah. if hero shows up. Like it, it's just, I think they do enough to make them work. And, and when they, you know, can do enough to make them work, then, you know, Jimmy can kind of hopefully, you know, carry them past the, the rest of the finish line. So, yeah. And I'd argue they probably have better shooting than Milwaukee with Robinson, Drogic, hero, um, who they bring out to Ariza, Iguodala is still there. He can still get in there and give you some good minutes. And all of that's obviously everybody's got to show up. I, I mean, there's definitely times this year when they haven't shot the ball well. So, yeah. you know, it, it's, I think when you get a locked in Jimmy Heat team, I think they got a chance to upset the Bucks in the first round. And uh, I think that's what I'm going to take. Yeah, I'm, t- I'm taking them as well. Um, so next up is second round. So that would be Philly, New York, as we're seeing it. And then Heat, Brooklyn. Let's let's start with Philly because we haven't talked about them much at all. And they're my they're my guys. So I think this is the best Philly team since Jimmy's year. And I think they're better positioned than that team because of Doc Rivers and how well they're playing defense and all the shooting and just the the team seems more connected. Tobias or, looks better in that team. Yeah, I, I think they're they're a lot more cohesive than they have been the past couple of years. And yes. and that's obviously paying dividends and how they played this year. Um and, and again the Knicks I don't think is that big of a matchup for them. I think that's I think you're moving forward. I, I mean I love the team. I, I do wish they would have got Lowry at the deadline because I but that they were them, asking for so much. The, the, I know, but I think that makes some favorites, right? Just having one more. Yeah. Game. Um, but, but no. I, but so, but you, so you think Lowry puts them as the favorites? So I, I want to push on that because you're putting Lowry in the starting lineup. You're taking the ball out of Ben's hands. You've we've seen this story before when he's not handling and he's just strictly a power forward. Granted, it's been in small sample sizes, but that takes away a lot from Philly. But I also don't think you have to take the ball out of his hands with Lowry. I mean, Lowry plays with Fred Van Fleet. Van Fleet takes the ball out of his hands. I don't think that's like a – That's true. Right, like it would have taken some time to kind of get used to and play, you know, a little give and take. But I don't think it's as, as in, you know, as much of a hindrance as you're kind of uh, – That's true. That's true. All right, that was a hypothetical. Okay, back to it. Um, yeah, I, I, th- I think this is the most together team. Actually, I think this is the best team they've had since – that first year they went to the playoffs when they played Boston, when they had Sarich and they had Covington, they had Bellinelli, Ursan, all that, that that team. They just hit a hot, a hot Boston team. But this team is together. They're healthy, knock on wood. Yes. Um, and Bede has been the most dominant, 
one of the most dominant players in the league this year when he's out there. I mean, you could say Steph, you could say Jokic, but I would still think MB. I would, I would take if you're saying like who do I think is going to be more dominant in the game? I'm taking Embiid over Jokic, just because you know what he's going to do. He's going to pound you inside. He's going to take his little fade away. He's going to do his dream shake. He's also going to hit some threes. And there's nothing you can do about it. There's not like I don't. Think, nobody stopped him. So like Gobert looked like a child against him at certain points this year. So like that's your best defensive center in the league, and go and Embiid cooked him up. But on skates, yeah. So I I think they moved past the Knicks, and I think this is Philly's best team because of the shooting around them. I mean, Danny Green, Seth Curry, uh. To buy in the right way, right? They fill those cracks, and it's not you're not playing with anybody that needs the credit or needs to be the guy. It's all just like, here's how you know we can come together and be the most successful. And I think those were great moves in the offseason, right? You obviously need shooting around Simmons and Embiid, yeah, which they yeah, actually invested in this year. I mean, we've needed it for years, and they put the right guys around them. It, it was just a matter of they got guys that are in the like they're somewhat prime, like subprime. But yeah. can still fill it up and aren't like ego guys, so that that was perfect, huge. Um, yeah, and, and I think regardless, right? Like we're definitely, I mean, like from our conversation, we're taking the Knicks to move on to the second round, whether it's the Knicks or Hawks. That's a that's a favorable Philly matchup, no matter who comes out. I, I think that's a and then you can kind of you know they probably have the easiest road to the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you know, yeah. obviously, no matter if it's Milwaukee, Miami, or Brooklyn the road to the Eastern conference finals is way tougher on, you know, the kind of the, the bottom half of the bracket. Yeah. And that's why I think getting that top seed for Philly was so important because one, they're so dominant at home, even when there wasn't fans in the building, like they were still like, you get, you know, you're going to Philly. It's they're They defend home court. I mean, they lost like, I think seven home games in the past two years, like two calendar years. Like that's, that's ridiculous. That's wild. Yeah. Um, and they're up in the capacity to 50% fill for the playoffs, which is just going to make things even more raucous, which I love. But yeah, I think that, and with being in the one seed, you avoid those three other dogs in the East. So you're avoiding Brooklyn, you're avoiding Milwaukee, you're avoiding Miami until the last round in the playoffs, which if you take care of business the way you're supposed to in four or five games against the Wizards and the Knicks, you're getting you're fully you're fully rested. You're getting plenty of health and time kind off of and practice times well. yeah. to go against these teams that are going through wars. So let's go Brooklyn Miami as we're seeing it. I take Brooklyn. Unfortunately, I think you lean Brooklyn. Yeah, no, I think they. I mean, they there's it just so much talent, right? Like that big three has so much talent, and, and right, and this is a situation where. Now you're facing James Harden and Kyrie Irving, and now your guard rotation kind of hurts you because mm-hmm. those are the two dudes that are going to you know take over, right? And especially with kind of how they flip flop roles and you know playing together in that short time where Harden's really the distributor and Kyrie's the scorer, and right, and they both see the game super well, right? Kyrie might not always pass like he sees the game well, but that he's it comes so easy to him. Um, yeah, and they can flip that at the drop of a hat too. So like you can flip it and Kyrie be the distributor and James go get his buckets. And then the next possession, it can be the same thing. Like flip it again. We still have Kevin Durant, who's you know coming off an Achilles injury, is still a top five player in the world, which is insane. So I I I think that's Brooklyn. There's just too much talent at that point to beat my or for Miami to win. Um, 
to be like, yeah. And I, and I think if Milwaukee, I mean, it might be a little different situation if you put Milwaukee against them. Right. But I, I think from a, from a Miami matchup standpoint, it's, that's a tough fit. Do you think Milwaukee matches up a little bit better with Brooklyn than Miami? I do. Really? Yeah. As far as, right. You really then have somebody for, for Holly to go against, you know, you have, you know, DiVincenzo and then Middleton to kind of match up. And then, you know, you're putting Giannis on, on KD who kind of takes that matchup personal. I think that fits a little bit better. Yeah. Um, whereas it doesn't, it kind of like plays into Miami or to Milwaukee's strengths defensively, as yeah. opposed to, to where that Miami matchup's a little bit different. Yeah. I, I guess that makes I don't sense. Know how, like in my mind, that's how it works. I don't know how to explain yeah, it. No, no, that makes sense. It's just, I, I think, for to go up against a Brooklyn team like that, you need like the absolute killer instincts, strong willed, like absolute dogs. And granted, Miami might be overmatched in that series, like talent wise and abs- like matchup wise. But I think if I think Miami can get a game gritty and dirty and and grimy, and as they say, they I don't know why they say this all the time because it doesn't really make sense. But like they want to play it in the mud. But like Miami doesn't really play like they're they're gritty, but like Miami can slow up a series against Milwaukee and come out with a win. I think you can't slow up a series with Brooklyn and come out with like a series W just based on how much yeah. firepower they have. Yeah, uh, and that that's right because and I think that from that standpoint, I think from a, a kind of like a bud offense standpoint, like right, we saw the last yeah, you know kind of game against you know, the, the Brooklyn Nets and, and Bucks. And it was kind of a, I mean, the, the Bucks pulled it out, but it was like, you can kind of see where they'd have a chance. Yeah. Um, that's kind of where I, I see what the difference would be. Um, but I, I think regardless, I, I think Brooklyn kind of comes out. There's just so much talent. Yeah. I, I don't see either Miami or Milwaukee beating Brooklyn. Um, I guess, I, I guess my only thought on like Miami matching up better is just the Jimmy factor, which is crazy. Just think that I think that they match up better with the, the Nets than a team that has Giannis and Middleton and Holiday. But yeah, I I, I I think Brooklyn moves on regardless. But I I just feel like that matchup, like Miami or Brooklyn, would be happier to see Milwaukee than if they saw Miami. Because you if you play Miami in a seven game series, because I think Miami's going to get a couple games regardless. I think they get two at home, maybe one one on the road, one at home. If you're playing a six game series against Miami, you're going to feel that. Like you don't, you're not going to be bumped and bruised up against a Milwaukee team in a seven game series, so to speak. Yeah. No, I, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I just happen to feel different. Yeah. That's, and that's fine. That's why you're here. Um, but all right. So we talked this through. Our conference matchups are Clippers, Lakers, right? Yep. And Philly, Brooklyn. Let's start with Clippers Lakers Battle of LA. I mean, it's tough to bet against LeBron in that one. I would think that the from a very high level, just looking at that matchup in a seven game series, I would say the Clippers are a better team, more talent. Like they would be the favorite in that series. But then it's just that factor of the LeBron and. I think the LeBron Kawhi factor kind of cancels itself out because both of those dudes are killers. Both of those dudes have been through the gauntlet and won championships and like they're going to cancel each other out a little bit. And then it kind of comes down to 
your second star. So that's AD and PG. And P- playoff P is not a thing. He's not a real person. He's not a thing. Until he proves it, he's not a thing. So I think you lean AD. And then I don't, you're kind of counting on the Clippers bench and depth to carry them. Which is a dangerous thing. Yeah. So my, I think LeBron controls the pace, right? And they're going to play that whatever game, you know, whatever matchup you're going to play at the pace LeBron has, you know, whatever dissected feels best. Um, he's going to set the tone. And if he's healthy, I think they beat the Clippers just because of kind of the, you know, he has the game on a string. Mm-hmm. Um, talent wise, I, I think the Clippers probably are more talented. Right. And they got a lot more bodies to throw at LeBron. They have, um, you know, some bench scoring. Like they, they're a, they have a good team. Uh, I just think that with how many times we've seen, you just don't bet against LeBron yet. Right. Until I see him really miss a playoff series being hurt or until I really see somebody just, you know, have the offensive firepower that the Warriors had to, to outgun him, even when he slows down the pace and, and kind of dictates what goes on in the game. Um, I think you unfortunately have to kind of, you know, put the Lakers into the finals, yeah. which needs me to say, but I just can't bet again. I mean, smart money, you know, I just think you can't bet against them. Yeah. It's, it's absolutely, it's almost, it's almost like betting against Tom Brady. Like you yeah. don't do it. Um, and I, and I did that again in the Super Bowl this year and I felt so stupid, but it was like, you're betting. So it's like, you're betting on Pat Mahomes or you're betting on Tom Brady, but it's also like you're betting on the chiefs. That, so I was like, Oh, I mean like, yeah, it's Pat Mahomes. And then the game yeah. happens, and I'm like, "Why am I? What, what the fuck is wrong with you? It's Tom what, Brady." What was I thinking, yeah. yeah, and that's how I feel about. That's exactly how I feel about LeBron. Like, again, the Clippers very well could have a better all around team. I just can't yet bet against LeBron. Yeah, and I think the thing that kind of sticks in my mind with that possible series is you're going to move LeBron to point in that series. He's going to run the show. And he's going to make Kawhi guard him for a lot longer than he would guard another top wing. So, or, I mean, like, if they're switching Kawhi and PG on him, I think that's a terrible move if he's put PG on LeBron. I don't think that that doesn't serve anybody. But so if you're Kawhi and you're guarding him for 20 of the 24 seconds of the shot clock as opposed to maybe, like, 16 if he's playing off the ball or something like that, that wears down Kawhi. And, I mean, he can do it. But it takes a little something away. Maybe his legs aren't there for his jump shots and you're, you know, coming up short or you're passing more to Paul and he's not hitting his threes. It's just that that kind of that's things the thing that we've that, seen the past couple of years, right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So it's like if you take a little thing away from Kawhi, whether it be his shooting or his stamina or his just whatever, then you're putting a lot more eggs in the Paul George basket. And we haven't seen that play out. We haven't seen it in the we didn't see it when he was with the Pacers. We didn't see it when he was with the Thunder, and we haven't seen it with the Clippers. So until I see that, I'm not going to bet on that team because the, like I said, the LeBron Kawhi thing is kind of a wash. Yeah. It's, and and by all, also by all means, like you know, Ty Lue is trying to have this team peak for that series, yeah. right? Like by no, like that is his goal. Like that, I mean, that's what he's best at as a coach, and they probably will peak. Um, so I think that that does come down to health, but it's, it's LeBron being the puppet master. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I, I mean, if that's this, if that's the matchup we get in the Western conference finals, I don't see any basketball fan being upset with that. Cause I think regardless, it's going to be a tight series. 
six or seven games. I don't see anybody getting swept out or five games or they travel too. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be a good series. Yeah. yeah. That's what you want. That's going to be a good series. Yeah. So I, I think we both lean Lakers there. Um, let's move. And, and in probably in 48 hours, I'll wish I have said the Clippers, but yeah, I'm sticking with it. Yeah. This is the, this is the BD of it. We can get on here in two weeks after two rounds of the playoffs and switch our picks. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, doesn't matter. Nobody's uh, holding me accountable. Yeah, no, fuck that. Um, all right, let's move east. Uh, Brooklyn, Philly, probably the two best teams in the NBA all season, I would say. I mean, you can make the argument for Utah and Phoenix and whatnot, but I think these two teams have been consistent all year with you know stars being out, Simmons being out, Embiid being out, Durant being out, Kyrie being doing whatever he wants, and Harden being out. So it's like I think. At, on the whole, these are the two best teams in the league this this year, at least. And uh, this is this is tough as a, for a Philly fan to to digest and like actually pick objectively. So I, I want you to start with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, before I I come over here and hurt your feelings, I, I just, I'm, I'm fully ready to be hurt. I'm just going to go back and say that had the Lakers ended up playing on the Clippers side of the bracket, I think I might have had. If the Clippers did pull it off in like a an upset, I would have had Phoenix going to the finals. Yeah, um, just like relooking at this bracket. But you know, moving forward, uh, it's so tough, right? I mean, arguably, I mean, if you're looking at at pinning a big three against a big three, talent wise, like you got to lean Brooklyn. Brooklyn's got it right, and, and I mean, obviously, where you know. Philly's strength has been defense and 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 whatnot and um right and it's not like Brooklyn's got a great like DeAndre Jordan sucks right and so you know Embiid's gonna cook um right Simmons gonna probably go and and either Harden or you know Durant he can switch with whoever and kind of get where he needs to be uh but man I just think if all those guys are clicking it's that's a tough to beat him four out of seven times and and so I I'm probably lean Brooklyn. Right. And, and it, right, it's obviously risky picking a team in year one of them being together to win a championship. But I think yeah. with a them having already played together, right, in so many, whether it's FIBA, whether it's the Olympics, I think there's a little bit more camaraderie that we're willing to give them than the, the eight games they played together. I, I think Brooklyn ends up making it to the finals. Yeah, it, it's, it's a tough it's a tough it's it's like it's not good for Philly if you look at it, because like this is your best team. And it just happens to happen in the year where the Nets have KD and Kyrie and James Harden, and, it's and they're like, all healthy, really. And they're all, yeah, they're all healthy. So it's like it's like you you finally here. You're you're at the mountaintop. You're the top seed. Like you got home court advantage. Like you've been the best team in the East all year, and you've got these fucking monsters coming into your building for seven games. If, so it's like, if Philly were to have a chance, Danny and Seth got to be shooting 50% for a series and just getting hot, hot. Yeah. Right. That, that, that would come down to the role players playing out of their minds. And, and I think that's what it would take to win. Right. And that's right. Is that that's asking a lot, but when you do have home court and you know, you're banking on your, your role players playing bigger at home than they do on the road. I mean, there's a chance, right. I mean, you definitely have a fighting chance to win that series. Uh, Yeah. And I would, I would say, and this might be, just the homer in me, but I would say that Philly's depth is a little bit better than Brooklyn's depth as a whole. 
I mean, I mean, yeah. based on what I've seen from Brooklyn in the past couple of weeks, their backup point guard is Mike James. Yeah. And then you're going Tyler Johnson and you're going Bruce Brown and an old – I think Bruce Brown's good. I think he's very good. Yeah. I think he's probably their fourth best player with that like easily. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Joe Harris is pretty freaking good. But he does give them a lot of positional flexibility in their lineups, right? Like he's just going to move the ball. He's going to play tough D and he keeps things – like he just kind of links everything together. Yeah, um, so he's, he he's a guy play, that, he's he's a guy that can handle it if – Kyrie and James Harden are out or off the ball. Like he can keep the offense moving in a good spot and also play off the ball very well. And he's going to play great defense. Whereas Joe Harris, I think is still kind of that one dimensional three shooter, like pure shooter. But it's also important when you get that last second kick out from Harden or whoever to, you know, make, make that tough shot. Um, yeah. But as far as kind of importance on, right. Like he does probably play better defense. I still am not like the biggest Blake guy. I mean, Nick Claxton hustles, but he's not going to make the difference in a series. So you're really, I mean, you're putting a lot of weight on those guys staying healthy through these playoffs to carry you, you know, to the finals, but that's also why they teamed up together. So, yeah. um, you know, Philly's bench would have to, or, you know, role players and supporting players got to get hot to give them a chance. Um, and it's all again about peaking at the right time. I think, you know, if you're looking from afar at this bracket, you know, without kind of seeing the momentum teams are building um, up until that point, I, I think you take take Brooklyn. Yeah, if you're looking at two fully healthy teams, like nothing holding either of them back, you have to go Brooklyn. It's just it's it, it's what it is. It's you got three of the best, three of the top five players in the NBA on one team, so it's like you'd be stupid not to pick them. Um, it kind of comes down to momentum if they get banged up or if they're not looking good, but they squeak by. Philly looks really good, things like that. Get, teams get hot. Obviously, anything can happen. Um, I think the what you touched on with Simmons playing defense. I think you play him on Durant the entire time. I think you just say, "I'm going to put our best guy on their best score, and I'm going to live with it." You put Tobias on. James Harden, I guess, because he's a he's a good defender, but like I guess my thinking, and, and I not to cut you off, but I, I think my thinking is no matter really who you put on on KD, he can still get a shot off. Oh right? yeah, he's gonna get his. Like I, I think the most important part of their offense will be Harden kind of being that initiator. And so to be as disruptive as you can be, I, I think you maybe kind of lean Simmons on him. But you also have, you know, Danny Green and, and Seth. And so you kind of size-wise or probably do lean Simmons over on Durant. But I think it's arguable that if you want to disrupt when it comes down to those, you know, the last five minutes of the fourth quarter that you maybe make that switch Simmons on Harden and and see kind of how he can, you know, make his imprint on the game. Yeah, and I think that's the the big factor with having Simmons that you can, like you can play him like Durant for three quarters and then, in crunch time, you can switch him to whoever's handling the ball and he'll kind of disrupt things and you just hope that everybody else can hold on. Whereas on the flip side with Brooklyn's defense, if Durant's covering Simmons, I don't like that matchup for Brooklyn. I think Simmons is just going to you know, play bully ball a little bit. He's a little bit thicker than Durant. Granted, Durant's a better, than, better defender than people give him credit for. Um, so... But I, I think it's I think you mean Brooklyn. It's 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 tough for me to say, but as an objective basketball fan, looking at this thing, I you're gonna pick against Kyrie, Katie, and 
and Harden. Just you can't do it for the bracketology, man. Right. And like, and again, it's a different conversation when you've seen, you know, the first two rounds play off and, and see how everyone's playing and how people have adjusted and, and, you know, kind of the adjustments they've made. But from a bracketology standpoint, yeah, right now on May 20th, it's tough to pick against a healthy Brooklyn team. Um, we'll come back and talk about this in two and before the, the conference finals and watch none of these teams will be in the conference finals. It'd be hilarious, but it, and it very well could happen, right? Yeah. I, I think from a, a Philly standpoint, I, I would be shocked. But, I mean, the bottom half of that bracket, Milwaukee, Miami, Brooklyn, I think anything kind of goes. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think either of the, those four teams, Philly, Miami, Brooklyn, Milwaukee, can make it to the finals. And I don't think I don't think that's the same in the West. I think the West is more wide open. The East is open-ish, whereas you have those four teams that are going to beat each other up and figure it out. Yeah. But the West, it's like I would feel good about Philly against Milwaukee. I would feel good about Philly against Miami. It's just Brooklyn is such a tough matchup for really anyone. But I. And again, I say that like I feel like Milwaukee's maybe the best matchup with Brooklyn to give them a, a tough series. So, yeah, and you you might get that in the second round, which sucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but all right, I don't want to I don't want a champion pick yet because there's still so much up in the air. We still don't even have the full playoffs set yet. <laughs> so we'll come back in a couple of weeks with uh, as things kind of shake out, and we'll get deeper into it as things are playing out. But that's your high level. May 20th NBA playoffs preview with your basketball expert on three walls in the BLP, Tyler Starkey. Stark, always a pleasure, man. We always love having you on. Appreciate you having me on, brother. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody enjoy basketball. Stay safe. We'll talk to you guys later.